feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a parking meter. And tonight, all I can say is disgusting. It's it's like the Democrats and the, I was about to say, pseudo-Democrats, because that's what it is, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, who are on the January 6th committee, they are so desperate to go after President Trump that it doesn't matter that their witness, their basically big bombshell witness, Cassidy Hutchinson, turns out to have more holes in her testimony than Swiss cheese. They don't care. They are continuing with this mission. And in the last few hours, Liz Cheney basically said, I stand by her 100%, that I believe her. And she basically is now saying that everybody else is lying, that other people who have come forward to say it didn't happen, Secret Service agents who also came forward, she says, well, they're lying too, basically. She says she has invested 1,000% in Cassidy Hutchinson, and she's also angry that people are questioning her credibility. I mean, what is wrong with this woman? Why is she on such an enormous vendetta against President Trump at all expenses that she can't even open her eyes and say, wait a minute, these are Secret Service agents. These are not just generic Joe Blow people who are basically out to, like, come in with a political vendetta. Those guys, I've met the guys and gals of the Secret Service. Remember, I used to cover the White House, so I've spent a lot of time with a number of these agents through the years, just in general. They are usually very, very much apolitical. They are usually very, very much tight-lipped. They are also usually, and I I haven't found an exception, where they are honest 1,000%. These are like highly regarded, esteemed individuals, men and women who give their life to service and protect the president. Doesn't matter if they're Republican, doesn't matter if they're Democrat, doesn't matter who they are or what their political stripes are. They want to protect the American president and they will do it at all costs in the sense physically. But verbally, if they are called under oath, and I've seen this time and time again, they tell the truth. They tell whatever it is. And these Secret Service agents are coming out now and telling a whole bunch of different media through sources that this didn't happen. And what I'm referring to is Cassidy Hutchinson, remember, who's the big bombshell witness. Remember, January 6th committing, the very partisan January 6th committee this week, comes out with this big bombshell testimony that they said is going to change everything. And we're going to talk about that in this hour here on The Rita Cosby Show Also tonight on the show, this is the deadline to get the signatures for recalling the worst of the worst. I think one of the biggest soft on crime DAs in the country, George Gascon. That's the guy in Los Angeles who wouldn't even basically prosecute. It looks like you had to like even if you committed murder and some of these other things, there were deals that were made under George Gascon and people associated with him. Talk about soft on crime, and you look at the repeat offenders over and over again that this guy gave a pass to, including one recently who wasn't 
you know, wasn't sentenced to what he was supposed to be under the strikes rule there in California. The guy is basically walking the streets. And what does he do? He kills two El Monte, California police officers. The funeral for those officers, by the way, was today. And thousands upon thousands of citizens across America, great patriots, came out to show their respect to these two officers and to the men and women in blue, like we saw in New York, remember, when there was the funeral of the two cops there. I went to one of the funerals, and it was so moving. I felt like as a citizen of America, I wanted to go out and show my support, and I'm happy to hear that thousands came out today uh, to support those officers. And tonight, we're going to be talking to Deputy L.A. County District Attorney John Hatami, who actually works for soft-on-crime boss of his, George Gascon. Things are so bad under George Gascon that the people that work for him are trying to lead the recall to get rid of him, that things are so obvious to them that they feel they can't prosecute crimes. And so tonight we're going to be talking with John Hatami because the deadline to collect enough signatures to get that recall and to submit them in required by law as it is in L.A. County. And they have to get quite a lot um, because L.A. County is a big county, of course, in America. Remember, there was the recall of Chesa Boudin in San Francisco, and that happened. Uh, They voted him out. Remember, they got it on the ballot, and voters voted him out. Well, they are hoping for the same thing in Los Angeles. And we're going to get a very important update from Deputy L.A. County D.A., John Hatami, he's going to be joining us in the next hour to tell us what happened and are they on the path to getting a recall. Boy, would that be an enormous deal, and that would be certainly a huge windfall and a great, great victory, especially for voters and for people who care about law and order. We're going to talk about that as well as also the remain in Mexico policy because the Supreme Court came down and sided with the Biden administration because they said that an executive, the president, the executive branch of the United States, should have the authority, whether to keep that in place or not, to negotiate with other countries. And I understand why they did it from a, quote, constitutional perspective, which reinforces that this court is a constitutional-minded court. But I worry what's going to happen to the border now, and we're going to talk about that. So we've got a full show here on The Rita Cosby Show. First, we want to talk about January 6th and the January 6th committee, because what a disaster it has been. They have their huge bombshell witness. And, of course, President Trump had to respond to Cassidy Hutchinson. We're going to play his comments in a moment. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts about his reactions, which are classic President Trump. First off, here is Cassidy Hutchinson. And this is the comment that everybody is buzzing about and that already so many members of the Secret Service have said this did not happen. So take a listen to the testimony. And then we're going to play President Trump's reaction because it is, again, classic Trump. And he went after her and he went after the January 6th committee. First off, this is what she said that everybody is buzzing about. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Engel and 
Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. Now, President Trump quickly slammed Hutchinson, pointing out that she was, quote, a big Trump fan. By the way, a lot of other people who worked with President Trump and know President Trump said that that's correct, too, because she wanted to work for him in Florida after she left the White House. And we chose not to bring her down, according to President Trump. Now, that to me, indeed, provides motive for why she could potentially lie and embellish. That also shows that there were questions about her credibility and who she is as a person. That should have been looked into, too, by the January 6th committee. And also, if she was indeed a big Trump fan after he left office and wanted to work for him after he left office, that is after January 6th. So what are we talking about here? I mean, this to me is astounding. If indeed they can prove that she was still very, very much interested in working for him after January 6th, and there were other reports that said that as well, and that indeed she was looking to move down to Florida to be near Mar-a-Lago, where he is, of course, and to go through all of those machinations. Would you work for somebody that you say had this terrible temper that was throwing plates with food and ketchup? Would you work for somebody who apparently was saying, hey, even if they're armed, come on in on January 6th? You know, that's what her other allegation was. And would you work for somebody that she claims basically was lunging and trying to, like, almost carjack you know, the car that they were in while the driver was driving him for the Secret Service and basically the beast, the very, very protected vehicle or the SUV, depending on which one it was um, that he was in. But would you want to work for somebody like that? Doesn't that hurt her credibility? I want to hear from you because to me, it is absolutely damning to her credibility. The fact that she was looking to work for him and that indeed was a big Trump fan. And that's what Pam Bondi, the former attorney general of Florida, was saying also the other day. Because she was saying that the girl was saying, oh, I love Donald Trump. I want to move down there. Um, can you help me look for places? Was trying to look for spots in Florida. Was looking to get you know tips about Florida. And this was after January 6th. So if indeed that was the case, and now President Trump is saying it too, doesn't that call this woman's, you know, all of her testimony into question? It provides motive because he didn't hire her, apparently. According to reports, there were reports that she was not good and he did not hire her. So doesn't that open the door, A, for motive? Doesn't it question her credibility? And shouldn't everything that she has testified to so far be called into question? The number is one 800 848 one Well, tonight we heard from President Trump because, of course, you know he couldn't hold back after she testified. And I don't blame him. If you're falsely accused and somebody comes out and makes an accusation and basically says you were trying to almost carjack the vehicle and, you know, force it to go to the Capitol and you were almost assaulting, basically, or assaulting based on her testimony, a Secret Service agent and someone else and threatening them. I mean, it makes Donald Trump look terrible. And so this is what President Trump had to say. This is how he basically described this woman, Cassidy Hutchinson. Take a listen. This lady yesterday, there's something wrong with her? Is there something wrong? 
she said I jumped from a car and I started strangling. Think of this. I started strangling a Secret Service agent right. who I know very well. I grabbed the steering wheel of a car uh, that said that I wanted guns at my rally. I didn't want guns. I have to speak too, and I don't did, want guns did you for grab anybody. The steering wheel? Is that? Is there any truth? Of course to that? not. Is that in fact, the Secret Service came out and said that this story is totally false. And he repeated again what the Secret Service said because he said he knows this guy, you know, of course, who's sort of head of the Secret Service. They have sort of the lead guy and the lead agent. He says he knows well and he is a highly regarded individual in the force. Take a listen. These are great people. They've devoted their lives to it. And I think they were very embarrassed by it because it yeah. makes them sound terrible. Tony Ornato and Bobby Engel. Uh, They're well great. I, I know them very records. well. Sterling. They are records. sterling. Um, and I was very nice that they came to my defense. I thought it was incredible, actually. Yeah, and it's also quite unusual. By the way, the Secret Service, typically part of the reason that they're there, secret is actually an ideal word because most of the time you never hear from the Secret Service. Most of the time you don't hear them respond. They don't get involved. Even if they like the president, you rarely ever hear from them. But the fact that they came out immediately and said, this is not true. What she's saying is absolutely false, unequivocally. It also makes them question, basically, her integrity, because it wasn't like, well, maybe she misconstrued, or maybe she, no, no, no. They just came out and said what she said was false. There was no gray. And so tonight, who do you believe? President Trump, Cassidy Hutchinson, and why do you think this committee at all costs, is still standing by her. I mean, to me, that makes them lose even more credibility because here they are, here she has made all these damning statements. You already have Secret Service agents questioning her biggest claim. This January 6th committee basically puts every network on notice and says, hey, you got to break in. We've got the bombshell. We've got the smoking gun. we got the goods on Trump, basically. And this is what they got. They have squat. And they're still not even apologizing. And at this point, there is no indication that they are planning on calling the Secret Service agents to testify. To me, that speaks volumes. How dare you, you know, make an insinuation about the president of the United States. And I don't care if they're red, blue or purple or green. Doesn't matter what side of the aisle they're on, you guys. The fact is you have the president of the United States and you have this young woman who's making claims that immediately in a rare display of public deflection uh, and public clarity, I should say, in the sense of the Secret Service agents, they came forward and immediately said, this is not true. I mean, that is unbelievably, you know, just blatant. And unbelievably rare as someone who has covered Washington for a long time. And the fact that they came out really pokes a hole in everything that the January 6th committee is doing. And I do think it is a deflection because I think they're trying to take the attention off of President Biden, his dismal poll numbers, everything else. And they clearly want to get to President Trump at all costs. They are worried He's going to run again, and not because they're worried about January 6th. They're worried because they're worried that he could suddenly take the White House. They're worried that he could be the next president, and they want to stay in power forever. When I come back, I want to take your calls, everybody. What do you think? Who do you believe? 
President Trump, who has now spoken out saying, I know this woman, she's crazy, she's a social climber, uh, you know, she's making up all this stuff, I know these agents, they're credible, or do you believe this woman? And do you believe Liz Cheney, who says she is sticking to her guns, as are other Democrats, that they still are standing by this woman, even though it looks like a lot of other people are not? one 800 848 and I'll take your calls when we come back on The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. And you were listening to The Rita Cosby Show. President Trump coming out swinging against the January 6th committee hearings. And I think most Americans should be swinging because... It is unbelievable, some of these comments coming from Cassidy Hutchinson, that now many folks are saying, it ain't true. But the hearing leaders and basically every member on that committee has essentially come out and said, oh, no, we trust her. We believe her. They seem to be the only people in America who do because they want it so bad. And President Donald Trump knows why they want it so bad, because he said, listen, This hearing has one mission in mind. It's not about getting to the bottom of January 6th. It's all about politics. How much of this is about trying to prevent you from running again? I think a lot of it is, In 2024. I'm leading in all the polls. Every poll. Against Republicans and Democrats. I'm leading in the Republican polls at numbers that nobody's ever even seen before. And against uh, Biden and anybody else that they run, I'm leading against them. And let's go to your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Steve on line four. Steve, your thoughts about uh, Trump versus Cassidy Hutchinson. I definitely believe Donald Trump. That is Now, why do, you believe, why do you believe him? By the way, I mean, I don't believe her. I do believe Trump in this instance for sure. Okay. The incident supposedly took place in The Beast. That limousine is very long. There's a partition between the passenger area and the driver's compartment. And Trump sits in the back, in the passenger area, not up front with the driver and the passenger. So that's a big telltale sign right there. And the way she went into so much detail, vivid detail about this, I'm saying something's wrong with this picture here. Because, you know, the way she was explaining it, And from what I was told, she had testified four separate times behind closed door. So now why all of a sudden is she coming out in public? Did they bribe her? Did they put pressure on her to do this because they have so much disdain for Donald Trump? This is very suspicious. I do not believe her. And you can guarantee that Liz Cheney is not going to call those Secret Service agents to testify. As sure as I'm standing here, I'd bet a million dollars on it. They will never get called before that committee. Now, you know what's interesting, though, Steve? I agree with you with what you're saying on all of fronts. I think you're right on. The point is, if they don't call them, don't you think people even, I mean, I already have lost a lot of faith in this committee. I mean, from the beginning when they didn't put on, you know, the other members of the Republican caucus who wanted to be on, like Jim Jordan and Jim Banks, people who would have asked real questions and grilled and cross-examined the witnesses, which is what a real hearing should be. I mean, I felt it was a farce from the beginning. But let me ask you, do you believe that if they don't call these Secret Service agents, don't you think the average American is going to go, oh, that's kind of fishy, because 
they've seen this reporting about the Secret Service agents almost, I mean, every network basically has been covering it because they've been talking to every network. It's like they, you know, the a source close to them has leaked to ABC, a source close to them leaked to NBC. So don't you think it hurts the hearing's credibility uh, even more than already? Oh, yes, absolutely. Definitely hurts. Definitely hurts. So like yeah, I we'll said, see. We'll see. We'll see if they're going to be backed into a corner, because just like you said, the fact that right now anybody with, you know, uh, you know, half a brain would say, gosh, we better call these guys because, A, we want to be fair to the president. We want to be fair to the American public. We want to make sure we get the full story. But I don't think this committee wants the full story. I think they only want what they want to project. They clearly are like, you know, cutting and pasting certain words, taking things out of context. And you bring up a great point. Why did it take so many times behind closed doors? And why did it take so long for her to testify? So many questions. We're going to continue with more of your calls, everybody, right after the break. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement, a big shout out to three Atlanta, Georgia police officers who worked together to save a man who was overdosing on drugs. The three officers used one dose of Narcan, but the man remained unconscious, even as officers performed chest compressions aggressively on the man. Now, a few minutes later, the officers gave the man a second dose of Narcan and continued those chest compressions until he regained consciousness. The man was overdosing near the Atlanta bus station in south downtown Atlanta. Now, shortly after the man was resuscitated by the officers, Atlanta Fire and Grady EMS arrived and praised the police for their critical work in saving the man's life. And get this, the man was amazingly able to walk to the ambulance on his own. So what incredible work by three great and well-trained Atlanta police officers saving this man's life to the point where he was able to walk to the ambulance and is said to be doing well today. Great, great work by our men and women in blue. Well, we are talking, of course, about the explosive testimony, supposedly explosive, by Cassidy Hutchinson. That is the young woman who was the former assistant to the chief of staff for President Trump. That's Mark Meadows. He was the chief of staff and, of course, a former congressman as well, and this woman worked for him. She claimed she overheard these things. She also claimed that she got information uh, that the Secret Service were basically almost wrestling, and it sounded like they were like WWE in the back of the beast, the vehicle that the president was traveling in, and that the president lunged for one of the agents and was swearing at him and a whole bunch of other stuff. It sounded, again, like it was like a battle royale. But now the agents have come out and said, it did not happen, and President Trump in the last few hours is coming out and saying it definitely did not happen, and he's disgusted by what he is seeing this committee do. First off, here's a little bit of Cassidy Hutchinson. Remember, this is one of the other things that she came out with that I thought just did not make sense because what she said essentially was that the president was aware that people with weapons were coming to the January 6th rally 
And he basically said, oh, don't worry about security. We don't need to put metal detectors. We don't need to do any of these things. Not a big deal. Nothing to worry about whatsoever. And, you know, that he said, come on in. My people won't do anything to me. Don't worry about it. That doesn't make sense for any president in the United States to ever say. But first off, here is what she testified to that a lot of people are also scratching their heads about. Take a listen. But when we were in the offstage announced tent, I was part of a conversation. I was in the I was in the vicinity of a conversation where I overheard the president say something to the effect of, you know, I, I don't effing care that they have weapons. They're not here to hurt me. Take the effing mags away. Let my people in. They can march to the Capitol from here. Let the people in. Take the effing mags away. All right. So is there anybody in America who would think that a president of the United States would want to have armed people in the crowd at the rally where he was speaking? I mean, does that make sense? Does that make sense in any shape or form? You know, you never know who has a a gun or a weapon or what they're going to do with it. And there were times where there were a lot of threats against President Trump. And it especially does not make sense when there are now so many people right now who have testified that they were in a meeting where President Trump specifically called for the National Guard to come to the Capitol when he heard there was going to be a big crowd, not about weapons or guns, but just saying, listen, there's going to be a big crowd. We think the National Guard should be there. A lot of people are, of course, upset about the election, as was he, of course, as he still is. And so he said, you know what? It is critical that you have some more security. Just when you're dealing with a big crowd, you're dealing with a very emotional issue, it makes a lot of sense. We still don't know why, according to multiple reports, that Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, turned down that request. Why would you, in God's name, if you are protecting the Capitol, turn down a request by the President to have additional security there, even before the riot happened? We're talking days before. It doesn't make any sense. And also, when Cassidy Hutchinson came out with this claim that he said, ah, let my people in, no big deal, yeah, sure, come on in, that doesn't sound like the same person who would ask for additional security at the Capitol days before. Someone who's so careful to say, hey, let's have additional officers, let's get the National Guard there because we want the country to be safe. I mean, remember, this was also after the country was burned. Remember, so many cities across America were burned by these liberal groups and these liberal individuals. Remember, the Portland Police Station in New York and L.A., every city across the country, basically major ones, saw riots and protests and looting and burning. So no wonder he would want to have a secure crowd at the Capitol. So why would he ever ask for that and then fits with her claim where she says that he would want armed people in? It doesn't make any sense. It's not the same individual. It just defies logic, first of all, for any president to say that, and second of all, one who seemed to be very security conscious. There's no question about it. And so this is what President Trump had to say in response to Cassidy Hutchinson. Take a listen to what he said. They said that I encouraged people to have guns. I didn't encourage people. I've never spoke to anybody about it. Right. I didn't encourage anybody to have guns. And I'm one of the speakers. I don't want people out there with guns for me either. Right. But I don't want, maybe more importantly, for other people to get hurt. I don't want that to happen. Uh, you look at the fact that we had, I recommended from ten to 20,000 troops be there. Nancy Pelosi and the mayor of D.C. turned it down. Yep. All of these things took place 
They turned it down. We're not hearing about that during these hearings. They don't even cover it. They refuse to mention it. You'll never see it. You rarely see it, see it in the fake news. Uh, think of it. If they put not 10,000 troops or 20,000 troops, I recommend it between 10 and 20, right. in front of numerous witnesses, in front of people, and in front of the people that actually do that. So if we would have had not 10,000 troops, but 500, 500, tiny proportion of that, you wouldn't have January 6th, as it is called. Absolutely. Why will we never get to the bottom of this, it seems, because... Right now, when Democrats are in power, they don't want to know why Nancy Pelosi turned it down. They don't want to know why the D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser turned it down. How dare they not get to the bottom of that major issue? Because you think about it, had that security been in place, there probably would not have been a January 6th. Had they fulfilled this president's testimony? And why are we not calling? Why are they not saying, well, let's get to the bottom of these people who are in the room in these meetings with the president when he asked for additional security? Why are they not calling those people? And why are they not calling now the Secret Service agent? Wouldn't you within minutes when you hear that Secret Service agents are refuting this woman's story, Cassidy Hutchinson, that was supposed to be this big bombshell witness that basically you're going to try to charge the former president of the United States with a crime with? And you're going to base it on somebody who's got testimony that clearly is called into major credibility, major questions. I don't think you can trust anything, she says, based on the fact that these Secret Service agents have come out and said it did not happen. And President Trump just a few hours ago had this to say about Cassidy Hutchinson. The woman is living in fantasy land. She's a social climber, if you call that social. Uh, I, I think it's just a shame that this is happening to our country. And we don't have any Republicans up there to dispute it. We have one who quit, Kinzinger, and we have another one who's down by 35 points yeah, in Wyoming. Uh, she's a total disaster. She's a train wreck. But think of it. Nobody to cross-examine. Professor Dershowitz said you can't do where you have a hearing and there's no cross-examination. This would have been the easiest cross-examination anywhere. And they put her on and they don't even confirm it with the Secret Service. The Secret Service people in the car said this didn't happen. Yeah, it is astounding. And to me, it is downright shameful because we'll never get to what really needs to be answered about January 6th about security and so many other issues, because guess what? They haven't even questioned Nancy Pelosi, as if that's a tough thing to do. Just pick up the phone. They all know her. They're all best buddies with her. Certainly Liz Cheney is now. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Andrew on line two from Richmond, Virginia. Andrew, your thoughts about this Cassidy Hutchinson versus Trump. Who do you believe? I, I, I believe Trump 100%. Not because he's Trump. I'm not a particular fan of him as far as his personality. But if I owned a company, I'd want him to be running it. And when it comes to this country, I haven't found a single president that's done as good a job as he has running it. So I'll, I'll leave that at that. The important thing I think we need to look at here is some very basic clues. The clues are... This young woman is supposedly uh, testifying before a supposed court of some type or a panel. And the thing is, they're allowing hearsay stuff that she wasn't even first doesn't have firsthand knowledge of. She claims she hears something a little bit. She heard some people talking about it. 
She overheard the president saying something about whatever. The thing is that that's very, very to that for that to be allowed, it tells me in huge volume that these producers of this panel, it's nothing but a sequel to the Russia Gate thing that they were talking about Trump years ago. They're trying to give the facade or the, the, the appearance of legitimacy to what they're doing, and it's totally illegitimate. God bless Dinesh D'Souza for doing what he did with 2,000 mules. And God yep. bless and by the way, we by the way, we had uh, Dinesh on not too long ago in my podcast. Um, you know, Andrew, you bring up some powerful points because you're right. The fact that they have allowed hearsay and in some case it's actually double hearsay, by the way. Um, and you're right. Hearsay, first of all, would not be admitted. And if you were going to really do, you know, a, a fair assessment, first off, you wouldn't have allowed that. Or what you would have done is said, let's get the Secret Service guys in first if they corroborate what she says, have them maybe testify first to what they say they saw firsthand and to corroborate that they're not suddenly making something up, which would be highly unusual for Secret Service. But if you want to you know, just be super cautious, then you put her in second to verify their stories because then she could say that extemporaneously right at that time, they also repeated it to me. So, I mean, there are so many holes in this. You're right. No legal trial would ever run itself like this. And the fact that even after all of this, the Democrats on the committee, and I call them the pseudo-Democrats, Kinzinger and certainly Liz Cheney, um, they're allowing it and they're standing by her and not even casting any doubt on her testimony, you know, despite the fact that you have highly credible Secret Service agents who say it is hogwash. Andrew, thank you. Let's go to Roger in Massachusetts, line four. Raj, your thoughts about this? Okay. Hey, guys. Raj. Well, I'm gonna... Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, go ahead, Raj. Can you hear me? Yep. Uh, okay. Is this not identical? Is this another uh, Eric Sharmella? Is this not identical to the uh, phony impeachment? Prospect? It is. Uh, it is. It is. Adam Schiff, it's identical. Okay, so shame on you. Know, fool us twice, shame on us. Um, um, I heard, I listened uh, uh, maybe a year ago to firsthand testimony of people at the rally. They had to say, well, they weren't going to stay at the rally, so they decided to walk over to the Capitol early and just stand, you know, hang around there. And, uh, and they were just staying there, this older couple. And the, the people that, that broke into the um, Capitol were already marching around, marching around with their camo and looking for Antifa. They were already there. They weren't even at it. And remember, it was 20 minutes after the, the rally started that the break into the Capitol occurred. So this is all, this is just a, a, a taxpayer-funded DNC infomercial, just like the impeachment was a big infomercial. It's just an advertisement. You know what? And Raj, you know, you bring up an interesting point. Raj, thank you very much for the call from Massachusetts. Thanks. You know what? You bring up some powerful points, too, because... You're right. It is just that because it's all about politics for them. And there still are so many unanswered questions. You brought up Antifa. Uh, We never really got to the bottom of that, of them possibly being there. Remember, there were reports about buses and all this other stuff. The other thing I think about, and I'm not a big conspiracy person, guys, but when you hear enough people talking about it, what is it? The guy, Ray Epps who there is word may be a federal agent. They were calling him Fed, Fed, Fed. You see it on the video all the time. And when they were asked about it during another hearing, when the Republicans were asking about 
to the FBI and to other folks. Is Ray Epps a agent? Is he an agent? Is he a federal? I, no answer. They wouldn't answer. Uh, do you know who Ray Epps is? They wouldn't answer. I mean, that was very suspicious. So, and I'm talking about federal agencies. Like, are you aware of who he is? Does he work? Is he an informant? Does he work for the FBI? Was he under there? Was he trying to instigate? What was he doing? And they wouldn't answer. I mean, so that's really suspicious, too. So why don't we get the answers that so many of us want to know and also get to the bottom of it for the American public? That is the bottom line. Let's go to Mike on line one. Mike, your thoughts about all this? How you doing, Rita? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, Trump is cool, man. You know, he, he's not physical, and he was still the commander in chief in the car. All he had to do was like his cool self say, "Look, I'm not comfortable where I'm going." Uh, or he didn't have to say that. All he had to do was say, "Stop the car. I want to get out." Uh, he 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 could have just told, "Get out, sit the back. I'm going to drive." He could have done that very coolly, and that. That, and that's what he would have done if he, he didn't like where he was going. And also, wait, wait, wait. So hang, hang on one sec, though, Mike. You, so two things. First off, right. In, on one hand, he is the president of the United States and can do whatever he wants. Um, but two, it would have been a security nightmare. Like I, I don't think I'd ever see him saying, "Hey, I'm take. I, I maybe I could. You know, hey, I want to drive the car. I want to do. Or you're going to take me here. You're going to." And I could see the Secret Service saying, uh-oh, the president wants to go here. You know, uh, we're trying to get him over there. It would have been a security nightmare, not from not even had the riot started. I'm just talking about a massive crowd. You suddenly drop a president into a massive crowd. That is a security nightmare for the Secret Service because they plan and they design and they do all this. But you're right. He could have technically said pull over. And we're not hearing that that happened. That's why none of this makes any sense that she's testifying to. But but go ahead real quick. Your second point, Mike. There's one other thing. Uh, I had uh, contacted uh, Frankie Russo a day before the, uh, January 6th. And I told him, if you check the notes, I'm telling him I don't trust them. I says, have uh, President Trump uh, call up the Airborne Division because I knew that Pelosi was in charge of the National Guard. And if, if you if you if you uh, they get to that, you'll find it and you play that. By the way, talk- that that's really Mike. That's really interesting that you didn't trust what that that they would have protected it because clearly they were out to get and undermine President Trump. And they would have loved to do anything that would seal his fate to never be able to run again. And that's why they're trying to do this, because, by the way, you know, remember they, uh, you know, they did the first impeachment, they did the second one, but unless they, quote, technically remove him from office, uh, they can't do that. And so that's why they're trying. It's like they're hoping the third time's the charm, but boy, is the third time a bust. We're going to continue with your calls after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And none of it makes any sense. And why is the January 6th committee even existing? If after all this time and after going through, it's been thousands upon thousands of witnesses, 100,000 plus pages of documents, and then they have the big bombshell explosion witness that they say is going to rock the world. And it is this young woman in her 20s who already her testimony is caused into serious doubt by Secret Service agents who, guess what? 
If I'm betting on somebody, I'm betting on the Secret Service agents other than this loony kazuni woman whose testimony does not make any sense. And the fact that now, tonight, we're hearing from President Trump himself, who did a very strong interview today, and he said, listen, this woman, after January 6th, was trying to get a job from him. She personally was pointing out that she was trying to work for him in Florida after he left the White House, but we chose not to bring her down. President Trump said in an interview tonight, numerous people called and said, she's not good. I won't say why she's not good, but there's plenty of reasons. She was not respected by the people in the White House, and they thought that she should not go down to Florida. But the fact that she was going around telling everybody she was a big Trump fan, wanted to work for him in Florida afterwards, and then didn't get the job, and now suddenly she comes out with this bombshell explosion. If you really thought the guy was trying to lunge at Secret Service agents, maybe basically trying to choke them, carjack the vehicle that he was being driven in so he could make it to the Capitol, allow armed people to come to the Capitol and uh, create an insurrection and and to take over the Capitol, like an armed takeover, like it was the OK Corral, the way that she's describing it. If you really thought that that was the person, you're going to go around bragging about what a great guy he is and wanting to work for him and tell him that and tell other people. And then now suddenly you get turned down. And now suddenly you go around saying that the guy is basically nuts and he's out of control and trying to take over a vehicle. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Or actually, sadly, it does. It shows motive and everything she has said should be called into question. And this committee should be beyond embarrassed. To me, it is shameful and it is disgusting. Let's go to BJ in Queens. Go ahead, BJ, your thoughts about this. Well, the low IQ, low energy, Shamuary 6 committee has nothing. And like you said, Rita, who are you going to believe? Donald Trump? the Secret Service, or this kooky lady who can't seem to get her story straight. Uh, they're smearing the Secret Service with all these lies. They're smearing the president. Uh, and it's very simple. All we need to do is go into the digital dump uh, of the video evidence and the audio evidence, because you know a vehicle like that has some type of surveillance uh, of what goes on in there, and we can see what the Secret Service said and didn't say. But, you know, this is what happens. These folks want to continue this this uh, January sicko committee uh, until uh, they just riding out. I've never seen such low energy, low IQ people running this show. I mean, it's the same story over and over. Donald Trump went crazy. Donald Trump did this. Why don't we ask the question? What happened to the 20,000 troops that Donald Trump ordered and offered to protect the Capitol on that day. What happened to them? We don't get a straight answer from that. They answer every other question except that very simple, very basic, very linear question. No, and you know what, BJ, thank you for the call, but you bring up a great point because that question says everything. First off, it says that this is a president who cared about security at the Capitol. You don't bring 20,000 troops there. Um, so let's get that verified. There are enough people who've said that they would testify that, yes, indeed, they were in the meeting. Guess what? They haven't been called. And why are we not putting Nancy Pelosi under oath to say, why did you turn this down? Boy, are there a lot of unanswered questions. And we're going to keep talking about this, everybody, after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. 
feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita, because your perfume is smelling sweeter. And our last caller called it the January Sicko Committee. I thought that was pretty clever, actually, because it is a bunch of loony kazoonies. And who would ever trust anything that they have to say? I was actually curious to see when they said, oh, look, we're going to be doing all these primetime hearings. And then we're going to be discovering new evidence. They've been going through all the details on the January 6th. And I thought, okay, well, let's see what it have. Let's see if there's something new that we haven't heard before or something that has a lot of credibility or something explosive. And so far, it has been one big joke. And in fact, the fact that Cassidy Hutchinson, this is the new, quote, bombshell witness who is going to rock the world and basically bring this president, the former president, President Trump, to his knees, basically a third impeachment, if you will, of this guy, Uh, If you look at it, her testimony is being so discredited by the Secret Service and so many people. And what is shameful is that the people on the committee who their job is to is basically to present the facts to the American public. They're not presenting the facts. They're picking and choosing little nuggets. We saw it on day one when they would read a certain part of an email, but not the back half of an email. And I'll never forget on day one, I, I lost all credibility with them. They were playing the comments and they were playing also the tweets from President Trump. Remember on the very first hearing that they did and they launched it with this big, oh, he told everybody to go there. And then when they were rioting and doing all these other things, when there were people were breaking in and getting out of hand, when that was happening at that moment, well, then he never told them that they should be leaving. He was, you know, basically encouraging it. And if you look at the email that they read that day, it was like blank, 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 go in peace, go home. That's what he said, even in writing. And Liz Cheney reads everything in the email up until that point where he says, go home, you know, go in peace, go home. No, 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 they don't go to that. They weren't reading that. And I thought, oh, boy, this is such a political witch hunt. And it's sad because I'd like to know. When he called, apparently, for 20,000 National Guard, there are a number of people who are corroborating it, who gave the order not to have extra security that day? It wasn't President Trump, from all accounts. It sounds like it was Nancy Pelosi or someone else. Why are we not getting to the answer? Because just as even President Trump said in an interview tonight that had those National Guards been there, then this never would have happened. Then there would have been enough protection outside the Capitol to make sure people did not come in. And guess what? It sounds like Nancy Pelosi or somebody else turned it down. And why will we never find that out? Maybe we'll find it out, by the way. What would be great is if the Republicans take the House, the first thing they're going to do is get rid of the sham committee. There's no question about it. They're going to kill the committee. That's day one. Then the next thing I would love to see is they create another committee about what really happened on January 6th, present the real facts. You can present both sides at that point because there's certainly no other side being presented in this one, which is why it is such a witch hunt against the former president. And then in addition to that, then they should subpoena Nancy Pelosi 
and put her under oath. And guess what? If she doesn't want to appear after they've subpoenaed her over and over again, just like Peter Navarro, why don't you stop her at an airport and arrest her and shackle her? I mean, that's, it should be the same standard. What's good for the goose is going to be good for the gander. And these people are going to woo and regret the day. They are going to really regret the day that they have now overstepped their bounds. From day one, they took the phone of the president's private attorney, John Eastman, this week. Did you see that? The agent suddenly caught him like in a parking lot, and he was forced to turn over his phone. They're reading now the private communications between the president and his private attorney. I mean, that's like a basic security and basic privacy issue. Can you imagine any sort of private discussion? Why don't we take the phone of Nancy Pelosi and see what discussion she had with her husband when he got into a car accident, a DUI recently? Why don't we take her phone and any private discussions that she's had with any attorneys, a private discussion about anything? Let's see how that really bodes for the Democrats. Boy, this is so disgusting. And of course, much of the testimony this week has again been discredited from this young woman who was supposed to be the big bombshell witness. And I bet, by the way, despite all of this and all the people who are discrediting her, including very senior Secret Service agents, the lead agent of the Secret Service, this is the top agent because they put the best of the best to protect the president of the United States. And this guy is saying, It didn't happen. His other lead agent is saying it didn't happen. And yet they're still going forward with this woman. And I can tell you the way that these people have been just kind of steamrolling uh, the process, not showing other sides, not even being honest that this woman's credibility is just shot at this point. I bet they're still going to go forward and say, based on her testimony, let's try to get President Trump Uh, charged with a crime. Let's try to get President Trump to do this. Let's try to do this. And they're going to send it up to DOJ and quote her left and right and not acknowledge the fact that it has been one big lie. Take a listen. Here she is saying uh, that the president just had a terrible temper and she describes what she says happened because I have to condition it because I don't think any of it's true. I first noticed there was ketchup dripping down the wall and there's a shattered porcelain plate on the floor. The valet had articulated that the president was extremely angry at the attorney general's AP interview and had thrown his lunch against the wall. So does anybody believe that that happened now? Does anybody believe that that occurred? Does anybody believe that he apparently lunged also in the vehicle and wanted to go to the Capitol and was almost trying to choke and basically grab the steering wheel, basically carjack the vehicle also from the Secret Service? Does anybody believe the other part of her testimony that he wanted basically to allow armed people in to watch his rally? I mean, this is just nuts. And this is what President Trump had to say about the January 6th committee in an interview he did with Newsmax just a little bit ago. I thought it was absolutely crazy Uh, This committee is, a lot of people say, illegally formed. But when you look at what they're doing and when you look at what they're saying and what they're doing to the country, uh, now the good news is a lot of people aren't watching. A lot of people aren't listening to it. But they're trying to do real harm. We went through Russia, Russia, Russia. We went through Ukraine. We went through the Mueller report. No collusion after three years, two and a half years. And now we're going through this. It's a one-way 
sideshow. It's a horrible thing that they can do to the country where they take this kind of time. They don't talk about making America great anymore. All they do is investigate everybody. That's all they do. By the way, everybody, in about uh, 20 minutes or so from now, we are going to have on the show Deputy Los Angeles Deputy District Attorney John Hatami. And he works for soft on crime DA George Gascon. Uh, tonight is the deadline to get enough signatures to submit them for a potential recall vote of George Gascon. Remember, there was one in San Francisco. Well, now uh, John Hatami, who actually works for this guy, and he says he can't stand it because he feels he is not this guy, Gascon, putting victims first, that he cares more about repeat offenders and criminals than he does about victims. And that's why John Hatami, as a deputy under him, says this guy has to go. I mean, it's pretty bad if the people who work for you are saying you got to go. Uh, well, they are now leading a recall effort, and John Atami is going to join us in about 20 minutes uh, with a big update on how many signatures they got. Did they make enough to be able to submit it? Then they will, of course, get verified, all that stuff. But is it enough uh, that they could now be on the path of a recall of the Los Angeles County D.A. George Gascon. That would be enormous because, of course, Los Angeles is a much bigger city than San Francisco. And he is extremely high profile. He is major George Soros funded, as is Alvin Bragg in New York, as was uh, the D.A. in San Francisco, as is the D.A. also in Philadelphia. So we will get a big update from John Hutami, who's been there right on the front lines, leading a recall effort. And he's going to be joining us again in about 20 minutes with some big breaking news. If they have enough signatures that potentially there will be a recall, probably right around the corner. In the meantime, what do you make of all of this testimony by this woman? And now President Trump is saying she was looking for a job for me right after January 6th. She wanted to work in, with me at Mar-a-Lago. She was even talking to people about getting a home in Florida. Where should she live? She was a big Trump fan, and we didn't hire her because we heard that she was a problem. So doesn't that provide motive? And doesn't that make everything about her testimony suspicious, especially now that we've had Secret Service agents who said, it did not happen. How could this committee put on a woman whose testimony so quickly has been discredited from the people that were absolutely there, and she is reporting hearsay that now apparently is wrong? one 800 and you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Teddy on line five. Teddy, your thoughts about this. You know, Rita, I just can't believe you, but what, what else can I say? You're in denial. Rita, I really, I, I, I hate I'm to I'm in denial? I, Teddy, Rita, Teddy, let do you, let me just, please, Teddy, hang on a second. Look? Teddy, Teddy, I don't want you to get your knickers in a, in a knot, but let me just ask you real quick. Do you think that this woman's testimony now is credible? Because now we have secret service agents. It's not about me, Teddy. It's about the Secret Service agents who have come forward, these guys who have decades of experience, and these are highly credible law enforcement officials who protect the President of the United States. They've gone through every background screening imaginable and every basically uh, you know, exam and test. Not only are they great law enforcement, but they check 
anything in their background. These guys are usually spotless. They have to be so highly regarded and so highly trained to be protecting the president of the United States. And I have never, I'll tell you this, Teddy, this is extremely rare that a witness comes forward and within minutes the Secret Service could not be quiet about it because they felt it was such a blatant lie and it was not true. So don't you question this woman's credibility or are you in denial? Go ahead, Teddy. Rita, they are going to be testifying next time. They've been asked by the committee. They will testify under oath what you are allegedly that they said. And Rita, let me ask you this question. So wait, wait, wait. So let me, no, let me ask you, Teddy. Hang on, Teddy. First of all, let's see if they actually testify publicly. That's one. We'll see. I'll believe it when I see it because I don't believe anything from this committee. And second of all, Teddy, they could have asked them beforehand. You don't put a witness on who right away the Secret Service comes out and says, that is not true what she's saying. They right away poked holes in their story. All they had to do was spend five minutes and check them. And in fact, it would have made a better presentation, quite frankly, if indeed what she was saying was accurate, which now I question everything. But say they put the Secret Service agents on first, If they were corroborating her story, obviously now we know why they didn't put him on first, because they would have said she's a liar. But go ahead, Teddy. Rita, what about all of the Justice Department lawyers that threatened to resign? Do you, and they said that publicly, do you deny what the top Justice Department lawyers said publicly, including Attorney General Barr? Are you going to call him a rhino because he disagreed and he said it was all BS and Trump was in total denial and he was a liar? You all right, so wait, so hang on. So, Teddy, Teddy, what Bob Barr said, what he did say, uh, what Bill Barr did say, by the way, was yes, indeed. Um, he did not agree with the president. He said that, you know, that they checked it. He did not agree in terms of election fraud. He said there was no widespread evidence, according to what he said. But he also said that the Russia hoax was one big political witch hunt. And he's also not been 100 percent supportive of this January 6th committee either. So he's not really your best witness, Teddy. If I'm on your side, I'd be a little nervous calling Bill Barr because he's obviously, by the way, He's clearly somebody who has gone up against the president, but he's also gone for him. And he thought the Russia hoax was one big hoax. And he believes that Democrats are out to get this president. So, you know what? It, you know, it, it actually ruins your argument. But go ahead real quick, Ted. OK, you're, you're a beautiful person. I like you as a person. But as a, as, a, as a spokesman, I think you don't know what you're talking about. But I'll just say this in finale. OK, Rita. It's going to come down many Republicans day after day after day do not want Trump and they are not going to support him and he will not get the nomination. He's living in a daydream. BJ and Norman and Alex, all of these callers, you've got them brainwashed. Well, Teddy, first of all, Teddy, I like you as a person. But clearly, your argument is basically, you know, some for somebody with half a brain, because if you look at the polls right now, he would beat your guy, Joe Biden, handily. And that's not a Republican or a Democrat thing. That is a poll from numerous places. 
And that is why the Democrats are out to get this guy. They are concerned about him. Who else on the Republican side right now can really galvanize those people at the rally? Biden does a rally. You're lucky if three people show up and they're usually half asleep like he is. You know, meanwhile, you got President Trump and the place is still packed. Yes, he has his enemies. That's for sure. And he's got a lot of enemies within the Republican ranks. Uh, But he is clearly still a major threat. And that's what I think is behind this January 6th committee. And by the way, if I saw something in the January 6th committee, then I went, oh, my gosh, this is something so new. Or or this woman had some unbelievable bombshell. I would call it, Teddy. So, you know, you're a spokesperson for yourself. Uh, You're not a spokesperson for anything. But I appreciate your call. And I like you, too, Ted, by the way. I think that you're a great guy, and I love to hear from all sides on the show, and that's what makes this show great. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show, which does put on all sides, including Ted. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about President Trump now blasting Cassidy Hutchinson, she was again supposed to be the bombshell witness for Liz Cheney and company on the January 6th committee. And boy, already Secret Service are saying what she testified to did not happen. And a good old Teddy who thinks that Biden walks on water. Well, if you look at the polls, Biden is clearly in trouble on every regard. That's why I think a lot of this January 6th committee is basically to try to deflect right now from the problems like High gas prices, inflation, uh, Ukraine. I mean, there are so many issues going around uh, that Biden doesn't really want the microscope on. And boy, he would love to find something that would bring down President Trump. And this girl is not it. Well, President Trump, by the way, did an interview not too long ago, just a few hours ago. And he talked about what a disaster this country is in and how he left the country energy independent. And boy, it is far from that right now. Our country's a mess. We have, we were energy, I mean, we were, we had more energy than anybody. And now we're asking Saudi Arabia to send us oil, please. We're asking Venezuela, unthinkable, send us oil. We need your oil. We have it under, I call it liquid gold. We have it under our feet. We were energy independent. We were soon going to be energy dominant, bigger than Saudi Arabia and Russia combined within a very short period of time. Wow, what a mess the country's in. Just think about how different it is since President Biden took over. And look, I'd love for him to be successful, but that is far from the case. And this January 6th commission, this pseudo committee, the sham committee, is a disaster. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Christine on line six. Christine, your thoughts about uh, this woman's testimony. Hi, Rita. I can't stop laughing to imagine our beloved President Trump lunging through the air, hurling ketchup around in the middle of a limousine that he has to crash through to get to the steering wheel. is It's hilarious. It's just ridiculous. And when I, I see what people, I live in a very liberal area of New York, and I see when I go to the grocery store where we need Trump, we need Trump. That's what the, the checkout girl was saying. And this is going on all over the place because people are hurting. And the thing that gets me is this Liz Cheney. She should be thrown out of the Republican Party, but not before her father is put on trial 
for the war based on lies and the lying testimony in front of the United Nations by by Colin Powell when he asked to be backed by Mueller when he was trying to sell the mushroom cloud story, which turned out to be a lie. This is who these people are. And God help us if they're running our government right now. And by the way, Christine, you bring up um, a, a part of the reason that Liz Cheney, I think, has been angry at Trump is because he questioned the war in Iraq, uh, which, of course, her dad was a, a big, big proponent and supporter of. And so he questioned it. He said, hey, we never should have been in Iraq. I think it's a disaster. It's something he said a long time ago, too. And he's kept saying that. And he's been critical of that because he doesn't believe in going to war if he thinks it's not justified, like a lot of people believe in that case. And yet... She obviously held it against him, and that's sort of her motive for the way she's been acting. Christine, great call, and everybody will also continue with your calls. And also, after the break, we're going to be talking to John Hatami, who's leading the recall effort against a soft-on-crime DA. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, uh, very sad news about the passing of someone that I knew and I just thought the world of and had a tremendous honor to meet, uh, Herschel Woody Williams, America's last surviving World War II veteran to have received a Medal of Honor, passed away yesterday, surrounded by his family. Woody Williams was 98 years old, and he was the last of the 473 American service members who received a Medal of Honor in World War II. Williams spent his final days with family at a hospital in his home state of West Virginia, and family members actually called on Americans to pray for him the day before he passed. Woody Williams uh, was a West Virginia farmer's son. He was the youngest of 11 children who dutifully supported the family after his father died. Uh, He became a Marine, and he was a corporal who volunteered for a mission on Iwo Jima to clear a lane, though enemy pillboxes were there destroying American tanks. He was a true American hero, and I actually had a number of dinners with this incredible man, and I was just so sad to hear of his passing. Uh, What a tremendous life he was, and how lucky are we in this country to have heroes like him living among us. Uh, We must never forget the sacrifice of this great hero, and of course, of all of the Medal of Honor recipients and all the great veterans in our country who do so much every single day to keep us safe. Well, speaking of safety, I am so angry about so many of these soft-on-crime DAs throughout the country. Luckily, Chesa Boudin, the San Francisco DA, got recall. They got enough signatures. They put it on the ballot. Then it went to a vote. And even ultra-liberal city, San Francisco, many Democrats, of course, in that city, they gave him the boot because crime is so bad in San Francisco And they just could not take it anymore. And now it looks like the same situation is likely on the path to having that happen in Los Angeles. We'll find out in a few seconds because, of course, today is basically the deadlines to get the signatures acquired to potentially get a recall of soft on crime 
L-A-D-A, George Gascon. And our next guest knows George Gascon well. He is the deputy district attorney underneath him. And joining us now is deputy DA for Los Angeles County, John Hatami. John, great to have you here on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Rita. You know, John, um, first off, if you could tell me about where the recall effort stands and how many signatures uh, did you need to get and how many have you gotten? Because I know the deadline's now. So we're looking pretty good. We, we've, had, we've had such a good group of volunteers and family members of victims. They've been so dedicated uh, in this fight for justice. Um, we needed 566,000 signatures, which is 10% of the registered voters here in Los Angeles County. And so we have reached that goal. And so for the last two or three weeks, we've been trying to get more signatures than we need just in case when we turn them into the registrar, we believe some of our signatures may get kicked. And so we want to make sure that we have uh, a a large amount of signatures to have a little bit of a buffer to make sure that, that this actually passes. And so we had a lot of signature events today, and we've made this day the last day. To, to bring in all these remaining signatures. There's a few more events going on over 4th of July weekend, but overall today was the, the, the last day to bring in signatures. We will turn in all of our signatures to the Los Angeles County Registrar in Norwalk on July the 6th at 3 p.m. But I do believe, Rita, with all the hard work of the volunteers and of the family members of victims, we have um, uh, obtained enough signatures um, to turn this in uh, to the registrar. And, and I'm very, very hopeful uh, that we're going to get this uh, recall of George Gascon on the ballot. Wow. So you believe, obviously, you know the numbers. You have uh, at least more than 566, and you believe hopefully enough of a buffer in case they do throw some of them out. I do. I do. You know, I can't for the registrar because I'm not that person or for Norwalk and how, how they do the actual counting. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's tough to trust local government. Um, many times, you know, things happen and, and, and we feel that, you know, the, the government can't be trusted. Um, however, I do believe with all the work that everybody's put into this, we're going to have enough um, for that buffer. I, I do believe that. I have, I have faith. Um, and, and I believe that we've worked hard, and I think we're going to get get to that point. Uh, I'm, I'm never 100% sure. I, th- I don't think anybody can. But I think we worked as hard as we could. You know, to get 566,000 signatures is unprecedented, Rita. I don't think there's ever been a recall of the Los Angeles County District Attorney in the life uh, of Los Angeles. And so this will be the first time the Los Angeles County District Attorney um, will go to ballot uh, for a recall, and it's, it's a huge task. San Francisco, they only needed 52,000. We need 566,000. So that's just that, that just shows you how big of a task that was. But I think we've reached that, that amount, and I do believe it's going to go to um, uh, we're going to get it on the ballot. So if it goes on the ballot, does that mean in November, or when would we actually see it to a potential vote if the registrar says, okay, there's enough? So if the registrar uh, certifies and says we have enough, um, that would usually take about a month. And so we'll find out sometime in August. And then the Board of Supervisors will pick when the when the election is going to be. 
and they have between the 90 and the 120 day window. So they can do it in November when all the other elections are going to be on and it, it could be on that ballot in November or they can do a special election in either December uh, or in January. So it's going to be one of those three months and the Board of Supervisors will pick that actual date. And so I'm not sure what date they're going to pick uh, if we do get it on the ballot, but they'll pick one of those dates. And so it, it's coming soon. And so I think I really do believe that George Gaston's days are numbered. Um, I think that he has caused so much devastation here in Los Angeles. Um, you know, two young police officers were murdered. And, and, and you know, one of the reasons, I, I think the main reason why this person was out was because, because of the policies of George Gaston. And so many individuals, Rita, who have been fighting for this recall um, have lost their loved ones, have lost their children. Um, their children were murdered, and George Gascon didn't prosecute those cases to the fullest extent of the law. And they've been, they've been fighting for 18 months to be heard and fighting to, to get George Gascon out. And so I'm, I'm so proud to stand with all these family members of victims uh, and work so hard every day uh, to try to get George Gascon out. You know, you talked about um, the, and by the way, bravo to you, because you are exactly who people want uh, to be working for them in the DA's office, not the uh, DA's who are seeming to give deference to the criminals versus the victims. And, and sadly, it's happening in so many places across the country. Of course, San Francisco, uh, Philadelphia, New York, um, these soft on crime DAs, I think, are hurting the communities in an enormous way and putting bad guys back out on the streets, not listening to victims, not appreciating the average citizen. Um, you know, you were at a funeral, I know, today for uh, the El Monte police officers, and I saw some of the pictures, John, thousands of people. Um, it was such a beautiful outpouring of love and support for our men and women in blue, and, of course, uh, these incredible officers, these heroes. And um, George Gascon, just as you brought up, uh, his policies allowed this guy to be out when he should not have been out. It was a lesser offense, so he didn't get the strike. You know, the three strikes rule, he didn't get the strike, as you know. And then he goes out and commits a crime, killing these two officers. Was there a lot of anger uh, toward George Gascon today and discussion about that, even at the funeral? You know, I think a lot of people are very, very angry in the elected district attorney. Um, these were two young men who were fathers, who were husbands. They were really, really good family men, Rita. We got to hear today from so many people about the fact that they were really, really loving fathers, loving dads, and, and they were really loving husbands, and, and, and they loved their family. And they also loved their community. They came back to the community that they were raised in to serve as police officers. Uh, these two, Michael and Joseph, they were true heroes, uh, true, true heroes. And this individual, Rita, he, he, he committed a felony in 2009, was put on probation, violated probation, and went to prison. He got out and then committed another felony, a strike, got put on probation, violated probation, and then went to prison. He got out and was on parole until 2016, and he violated parole numerous times. And within a 10-year period, he committed 10, approximately 10 misdemeanors, including resisting arrest, including criminal threats, including possession of drugs, including committing fraud. Um, and he was a known and admitted gang member. 
And in 2020, he was arrested for having a firearm, methamphetamine, methamphetamine and ammunition. And, you know, George Gascon immediately removed the strike from his case without looking at the law or the evidence or the facts because he just had a blanket policy. And then he gave this individual probation when he had failed probation so many times. And so George Gascon is ultimately responsible for letting this person out. And then he got another firearm and he killed Michael and he killed Joseph. And that's that. Those are the facts. And George Gascon needs to own it and he needs to apologize for what he did. And he still hasn't done that. Yeah, and in fact, as you know, by the way, as fact, as you know, John, he's actually doubled down. He basically said, oh, there was no violence in this guy's background. And to me, that's outrageous. Um, Before I let you go to John, I also want to bring up another case um, of this was obviously so many uh, people watch this video of this mother with her young child and a hit and run driver. Uh, basically tries to kill her in the vehicle. Luckily, that person is caught, but that person, again, gets basically next to nothing and also was also a repeat offender. And I want to play a comment because the mom who was hit by that vehicle, that hit-and-run case, Rachel Hart, had this to say about George Gascon. I want to play it and then get your reaction. And this is what she had to say about soft-on-crime DA George Gascon. You know, I think the crime is rampant for sure in every neighborhood, but I also think this is such, um, at least for me, it was a huge learning experience. You know, I didn't understand that the DA can have such a negative or positive impact on an entire county. Um, you know, Los Angeles is, is an enormous county and, you know, everybody is being impacted by this and it's really hard to wrap your head around the fact that one person can be responsible for so much disaster but um from, like i said from yeah. the top down he he is the ultimate um you know he's, he's the ultimate party who's responsible for all yeah. of so what's your message to la that uh relief hopefully is coming soon john it, it is you know we right now have a county that's lawless you know, we have a county that people don't feel like that they're going to be held accountable and responsible for their actions. And you heard what Rachel said. You know, people now realize, and I hope they do, that the elected district attorney has a lot of power. And George Gaston is a disgrace. He's unbecoming of being an elected district attorney. We need somebody who wants to stand up for law, stands up for the rights of victims, actually wants to prosecute crime, wants to make our community safer for families and for children. And that's not George Gaston. And I believe the people have come together and they've risen up and they said, enough. We want George Gaston out and we are going to give him the boot. And I believe it's going to happen soon. And we're going to take our city and our county back. Thank goodness. Because when you hear these stories, you know, of what has happened over and over again, and his defiance, too, and his lack of remorse. And in fact, as I brought up, he doubled down, you know, after the case of uh, the guy who killed the two officers, basically saying, oh, you know, basically he did the right thing. Uh, I mean, it, it is outrageous. And we are so lucky to have people like you who are pushing for this recall. And I'm so glad you gave us this update. Uh, keep us posted, John Hatami, and thanks for all you do to keep our streets safe. 
and I know how hard it is because you work for this guy. Uh, so that can't be easy uh, going up against him and asking for a recall of your boss. But you care enough about the city and you care enough about this country to do it. So thank you, John, so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Rita. You be safe. Thank you. You too. Very, very much. Uh, the Deputy DA of Los Angeles County, John Hatami, here on the Rita Cosby Show. And when we come back, everybody, we're going to take your calls on this. And we're also talking about the January 6th hearings and this new bombshell witness who turned out to be one big bust. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. been talking about soft on crime DA George Gascon good news from John Hatami who actually works for him and says this guy has to go that he is not caring about the victims and he seems to only be caring about being soft on the criminals that's not the kind of DA we need there or we need in Philly or we need in Manhattan like Alvin Bragg who can't be recalled but can definitely be removed and by the way this week as we know uh, Lee Zeldin uh, won the GOP candidacy. So he will now be the GOP candidate for New York for governor. He'll go up against the current governor, Democrat Kathy Hochul. The two of them uh, will go head to head in November. And Lee Zeldin, the current congressman in New York, has said, along with basically all the other GOP candidates in the debates, that if he becomes governor, Basically, on day one, he would get rid of Alvin Bragg, and that's because Alvin Bragg in New York can't be recalled. Every state has different policies, but what could happen is he could be removed by the governor. And Kathy Hochul so far has said she's going to give Alvin Bragg slack. Uh, I don't know how much more slack New York City can handle, uh, but if Lee Zeldin gets elected, he has said that he would get rid of soft-on-crime D.A., Alvin Bragg, and that could be a good thing for New York because he has been helping to promote this revolving door of criminals. Meantime, we are talking about the January 6th commission because their goal, they said, was to be able to refer basically evidence of a crime to the Department of Justice to then go after President Trump. And so far, this commission has been one big bust. And it certainly didn't help that their big bombshell witness this week was that woman, Cassidy Hutchinson, who claimed that President Trump was basically Gumby, that he was like so elastic and versatile and a gymnast that he could swing his arm all the way through the front of the vehicle and basically try to grab the steering wheel and put his hand around the neck of an agent basically trying to demand to go to Capitol Hill. And, of course, the Secret Service agent said that did not happen. And already her testimony is coming into huge credibility issues. And President Trump had this to say just a little bit ago about Cassidy Hutchinson and her testimony. This lady yesterday, there's something wrong with her? Is there something wrong? She said, I jumped from a car and I started strangling. Think of this. I started strangling a Secret Service agent who I know very well. I grabbed the steering wheel of a car uh, that said that I wanted guns at my rally. I didn't want guns. I have to speak to and I don't want did, guns did you for grab anybody. The steering wheel? Is that is there any truth uh, of to that? Of course not. Is that ridiculous? In fact, the Secret Service 
came out and said that this story is totally false. So what is wrong with this lady? Let's go to your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joe in New Jersey. Go ahead, Joe, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, how you doing? Um, yeah, I just want to talk about the, um, the Democratic mentality. Like, who's that guy that you argue with on the, on the, on the radio sometimes? What's his name, Ted? Yeah, well, I just had uh, Ted on, who uh, definitely, I think, is brainwashed, and a couple others, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's like I grew up in Hudson County, New Jersey, which, you know, I don't think a Republicans got elected since 1925 or whatever, you know, as mayors and this and that. And the other. Look at look at the mentality. You know, you have these people like Ted and their father was a Democrat. So he said, oh, you know, the Democrats are for the poor and, uh, you know, the rich, the Republicans are for the rich and uh, this and that. So, you know, you could put a blow up doll, you know, on on stage and, and say, the guy, you know, the blow up doll is a Democrat. And a guy like Ted will vote for him, you know. I mean, look at Jerry McCann got elected in 1989 as Jersey City mayor from, from jail as a convicted felon, which tells you two and, things. And by the way, Democrats, let's not forget let's not forget Marion Barry in D.C. Remember that guy who was smoking, a, you know, crack with a right, prostitute? Right. And then he gets reelected. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, so he, here you go. You got, you got convicted felons getting reelected. And that's how guys like Gascon get in. You know, because, you know, these people are just so brainwashed. I think it happens to them when, you know, their, their mothers or their fathers told them this when they were like one years old. You know, you got to vote Democrat. You got to vote Democrat. And I've seen it, you know, from thousands of my friends who live in North Jersey, you know, and, and they just, you know, constantly, you know, how can you be a Republican? I'm not even a Republican. I'm an independent because, you know, through the Bush years, I didn't even, you know, I, I, I changed. I was a Reagan Republican. So and, let you know, me ask you, Joe, what, what do you think of the January 6th hearing so far in this woman, Cassidy Hutchinson? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm paying five dollars a gallon to go to Florida. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really worried about it. You know, Cassidy Hutchinson. It's hearsay. I mean, was she there? Was she in the limousine? I mean, no. Right. She wasn't no, she wasn't. Right? And, and it's and it's even like double hearsay because it's like somebody told somebody and that's how she claims. And, and what's so sad, you know, Joe, is that this is. What the hearing so far has made it sound like this was the big surprise hearing. Remember, they didn't even have a hearing scheduled for this week until they suddenly said they had this bombshell witness who was going to, uh, you know, make, uh, you know, uh, everybody walk on water, basically. And so they break in with this programming to this woman who had they even just spent five minutes trying to verify her story, the Secret Service agents would have debunked it. Like they wasted our time. They've wasted American taxpayer dollars. And just like you said, there are so many real issues out there, and they're not focused on gas. They're not focused on inflation. They're focused on trying to bring down their nemesis, Donald Trump, right? Right, exactly. And, and I want to say something to all the Democrats out there. You know, this is not like, you know, it's like Oldsmobile. You know, this is not your father's Democratic Party. You know, I've been in a union for 40 years. And let me tell you, some things I hear from the union delegates, you know, are just just not right. You know, like uh, I say to them sometimes, hey, how, you know, you guys don't seem to be too worried about. Well, you're not you're not going to be our constituents in 20 years. You know, we know that the immigrants are coming here. So, you know, don't worry about it. Wow. Joe, thank you. Really scary stuff, just like you said. And by the way, open borders. We're going to talk about that tomorrow night on the show, that and a lot more. I love all of your calls. Have a good night, everybody.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 